welcome to the debut episode of the new podcast, The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a last of us HBO Max podcast, a weekly podcast that will discuss the television series Last of Us on HBO Max. Welcome to the journey that we will be doing in the next nine weeks, which includes myself, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing all right. And in uh, Alberta, or I should say the province of Alberta, Canada? Uh, it's Sean, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so folks uh, who have stumbled upon us uh, know us from other podcasts. We are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. We've done other television series podcasts. Uh, last year we did four of them, I think, which was uh, the She-Hulk podcast, the um, House of the Dragon podcast, the Halo podcast, and I think... Discovery of uh, Witches. Discovery of Witches was wrapping up, yeah. So, so there was four, and now uh, 2023, we're doing a new one again. Uh, the rise of the Cordyceps infected a Last of Us podcast for HBO Max, or about the HBO Max television series. Uh, the, the television series is based off the video game, uh, which is a PlayStation exclusive, um, and. Uh, the show is on the Dark Discussions Network, as I mentioned, which, once again, is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or just go to www.darkdiscussions.com and press the Contact Us menu choice on the menu, and that will also open up an email box. Just make sure you put cordyceps or, or something like that in the or, or Last of Us, for that matter, in the subject, and then we'll know it's for this podcast and not one of the other podcasts on the network. And uh, we will read your emails on this podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, to follow along. Um, now, Sean, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com? Uh, they can also find the Patreon uh, link or button, and that is the way that you can be able to, if you have the financial wherewithal in these crazy times, uh, to donate to keep the podcast going because the podcast is free for everyone. But behind the scenes, there's a bunch of expenses to keep the website and all that kind of fun stuff going. So anything that you'd be able to donate would be appreciated by everyone. Uh, for every $5 that you donate, donate each month, you will be able to pick a movie that could get uh, drawn every quarter uh, for an actual review, whether it's on the Dark Discussions main feed or one of the sister podcasts. Um, and so it's a nice way to not only help the podcast, but also hopefully get to maybe a movie that you've been hoping would get reviewed and just hasn't been for whatever reason, um, get to have a chance to have it broken down. So again, anything you can donate is appreciated. And uh, thanks again for listening as always. Indeed, indeed. There's two, uh, actually, there's three ways you can find this podcast. The first is just go to www.darkdiscussions.com, and each episode will be on our website. Also, you can find us at uh, the feed, The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a last of us uh, podcast, which was uh, basically wherever podcasts are found. And then, of course, it will be on the main uh, podcast 
feed, which basically encompasses all the podcasts that any of your co-hosts on this episode happen to be on, which is the Dark Discussions podcast feed. And again, that can be found wherever podcasts are found. Um, now, this uh, television series uh, debuted um, on January 15th, 2023, and we are recording this for some of our listeners who are always curious when we record. Uh, it's January 17th, 2023. Uh, a couple of the episodes will be released on Wednesdays, and then uh, uh, most of them hopefully will be released on Tuesday, but either way, two or three days after uh, the episode is aired when is when the podcast will come out. Uh, this part, or I should say, this show uh, is created by the showrunners Craig Mazin, who's probably best known for the Chernobyl series on HBO Max, and Neil Druckmann, who is one of the co-creators of the video game The Last of Us uh, from Naughty Dog Production. Uh, the show has a number of actors of note, but uh, the, the two leads are Game of Thrones um I guess veterans, uh, so probably uses the same um, talent agents and casting directors as that show. And again, that's a HBO Max show as well. Uh, and the stars are Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Um, the show has a 99% good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes uh, with 111 or so reviews. Uh Fans are also enjoying it as well, and most of those critics, or pretty much all those critics, the 111 that have been able to review the show, were able to review the entire um, season, unlike uh, some shows where they only usually release four episodes and they give a rating off those four episodes, HBO Max gave the entire season to the reviewers to review, Um, and it is fairly... Uh, based or fairly well, let me rephrase that. It is, follows the video game pretty well, is what uh, most of the reviewers have said that have played the video game. So uh, that is interesting. Um, but then again, they say the video game, which I have not played because I did not have Sony PlayStation, um, is a very th- thematic um, game. So it's, it's, it has a really good story, supposedly. Uh, yeah, so some of you may have played the game. So uh, let's let's actually go around and see who's played any of the the game or its follow-ups. Uh, Sean, you have you played the game? I played the game a little bit. I never finished the game, but I also because of knowing with the podcast and what was, we we're going to be doing, I went back and watched one of a, like the full playthroughs on YouTube. So basically refreshing the whole story and. I will say, like, we'll touch on it later in the the review or whatever, but there's many sequences where they've literally taken from the game and just made it real life. So, like, it's if there was any question about whether they could, like, change things up or mess with things, like, they're going pretty close to the source material. Anything that they add only makes it better. I got a question about that, because what I was reading said that this takes place before the video game, like long the, before, 50 years or so. So what happens is they, the opening, well, we can get into it when we do the review, but the opening sequence is set in 1968, where they're doing an interviews with the, the epidemiologists about pandemics. And then it jumps to 2003. In the game, the, the timeline was 2013 and then 2033. But in the series, they just bumped 
this the timeline back to 2003 so that when they do the 20 year jump it's 2023 right got it yep that makes yep. sense okay that's right um and uh uh so it seems like uh they did similar to what Disney has been doing or trying to be, to do with some of their cartoon films and make when they turn them into real life uh a lot of not a lot not the whole film but a good portion of the film is just pulled right from the cartoon and made real life yeah uh, they're so honoring the source material well okay very well um now Mike have you ever played this game the last of us I have not. Uh, it is coming out later this year on PC, finally. Um, so people who have not had a chance to play because they don't have PlayStations will might get a chance to do so. Um, because it's an Xbox, uh, sorry, PlayStation exclusive. You will not get it if you own an Xbox. But again, if you have an Xbox, you can use an Xbox controller with your PC and play it that way. Um, I'm going to say about the date. I don't think it really matters a lot because it is a post-apocalyptic game, you know, and we're not worried about who's president in uh, 20 years after the apocalypse <laughs> or mirroring like current events. So it's just weird to me. Like, I understand why they would do 2013 because that was when the game was, was made, you know, and it's just very easy to use the environment that the players of the game at the time are familiar with. Um, here, by setting it in 2003 when the apocalypse happens and the world is frozen in 2003, and it seems like just a unexpected an unnecessary waste of resources to have to make sure everything is vintage that you don't have any like old cars on the street that are from 2015 or 2022 that you'll get eagle-eyed viewers bitching and complaining about because you have the wrong model computer there or whatever it is uh i, I don't see any reason why they couldn't have said it now i don't think it matters um i'm not saying it's bad that they did it i just think it's a weird almost pointless change but I'm curious if the I'd be curious to hear them say why they decided to move the dates that way. Because like the even the was it the talk show which was 1968, it doesn't matter if it was 30 years or 40 years beforehand. There was no like timeline given. That could right. have been said at any time well, too. Well, so. well, we'll get into that uh, when we start talking about the show. Uh, but but my guess is they just wanted to make it cool in the sense that the actual present is 2023 when when the main yeah, contemporary the, yeah so that, i i think that's probably the real reason they did it mike but but uh, i i agree it probably does not matter um now uh let's go with uh you barrett have you ever played this video game i have not okay so um so yeah it's similar to like the halo series where uh that did not follow the source material that well but again um I'll, you didn't necessarily have to have played Halo uh, that uh, when we watched and did the episodes on that television series, just as you didn't necessarily have to have played the game here. Um, all right, so I guess we can get into our thoughts on the first episode, which uh, again was released January 15, 2023, and was actually entitled When You're Lost in the Darkness, uh, which uh, we'll explain what that is uh, during our uh, discussion. Uh, it was directed by Craig Mazin, the, one of the showrunners, uh, the one that uh, did Chernobyl, and this one was written by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, uh, the two co-showrunners. Uh, U.S. viewers in millions to be determined it was not released. Um, 
All right, so uh, I guess we can go into uh, our thoughts on the episode. So uh, I will start, I guess. Why not? Um, so, um, yeah, the first 27 or 28 minutes, uh, or maybe even the first half hour, this was a very long episode. It was almost movie length. Actually, it was movie length. It was like an hour and 27 minutes, if you minus the five minutes post credit stuff, which is, you know, just talking about the episode by the showrunners. It's still about an hour and 20 minutes, which is can be a, a feature-length film. Uh, but the first 30 minutes, uh, I, I enjoyed tremendously. Uh, again, as, as a running joke uh, for co-host Mike, uh, Phil loves the, the downfall of society episodes more than the post-apocalypse itself episodes uh, of TV shows or movies, um, though some like The Road – uh, that that was that was a solid post-apocalypse uh, for sure. But I, I do like to see the collapse of society, and, and we, we get a really good 30 minutes that is kinetic, crazy, and pretty awesome. And I told uh, Sean that was going to be like your favorite part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, see, so it was a running I was joke. Like, with, Phil's going to love this. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was a running joke, not just for Mike, but both all three of my co-hosts. Um, and sure enough, they were correct. That was by far the best part. Um, the last 50 minutes uh, was was decent enough. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It kind of reminded me of any post-apocalypse um, thing where people are just dinks to each other. Um, there was no zombies yet because of, uh, in the second half or those last 50 minutes because they're in a quarantine zone, which uh, I was very surprised to find out uh, This a lot of this early stuff takes place uh, in my hometown of uh, Boston and greater Boston, including an a upcoming episode it takes place in Lincoln, Massachusetts, which is a a fairly wealthy community just outside of Boston that uh, I used to uh, take walks in all the time uh, when I used to work down in uh, Concord, Massachusetts. Uh, Lincoln is a town that's wedged in between Concord and Lexington, which are fairly famous for uh, touristy people who want to see revolutionary war stuff. Um, so um, that that was kind of cool, though they didn't really show any um, uh, things that were very noticeable to me that that was Boston. Uh, they did have a couple of things that looked like Boston, but not anything specific, uh, like the brownstone buildings and such. Uh, but all in all, uh, it was solid enough. Uh, the first 30 minutes was, was four out of four stars, while the, the second or two falling acts, I would give maybe two and a half to three stars. Um, kind of dragged a little bit. And uh, my wife, uh, I got her to watch it with me, and uh, she was a little, a little confused with that last 50 minutes, which is understandable um, if you – don't pay attention strong enough, so I had to explain a little bit to her. But uh, all in all, uh, really good first uh, first uh, section, and then the last two sections, solid enough. Uh, let's go with you, Sean. I love the episode entire. Uh, there's always concerns when we're getting translations of video games to whether it's TV or movies. Uh, they don't always tend to work. 
and like we did our review of Halo and it was there's good things and not so great things or whatever with that effort. But if you were just taking this first episode alone and just, as I say, going back and going through the whole walkthrough of it, uh, you get an idea that they really were trying to honor the source material and that they really wanted to give you that feeling that you would have in the game of the level of tension and, you know, making the characters believable. And I thought the casting was great. The pacing I really enjoyed. And I liked the attention to detail on just so many different things throughout the episode. And when you use a Depeche Mode song at the end of the episode, you're going to win me over for sure. So I just, I thought it was just really great. I was really, really happy. I went and back and watched it a couple more times just to, to see if it was, it held up. And I absolutely, like, I loved it. So I'm very excited to see what they do for the rest of the season. Okay, sounds good. And uh, yeah, I will say that because Neil Druckmann, one of the co-creators of the video game, is one of the co-runners or co-showrunners of this series. It makes sense that uh, they aren't deviating from the source material as much as, say, the, the Halo franchise um, TV show did last year that, that we reviewed in uh, Cortana's communicate, Communique's uh, Halo podcast. Um, let's go view Barrett. Yeah, I really like this episode. I love the, like you, I love the beginning of the apocalypse. I like to see the downfall of society. Um, we only get it from their perspective, but it was still an awesome perspective to see. Um, I really liked the, um, the daughter, um, in the beginning of it and the, the relationship that they have, I thought was really well done. Um, and then the the feeling that you get in the quarantine zone, I thought was also really well done. Um, so both parts really worked well for me. They are very different. Um, I liked how it opened even. I thought it was a really cool opening. It just felt very um, ominous. Uh, so all in all, I thought it was a great episode. I hope they can continue it. Um, I'd like to stay very excited like I am right now. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Mike. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Um, the problem for me, if you want to call it a problem, but it's all well done. It's competently done. Uh, the performances are good. The, the, uh, direction is solid. Um, is that I didn't see anything here. I haven't seen before. And I didn't see anything here that I've seen before necessarily done in a way that was like substantially better. And part of that is just that in the last 20 years, probably going back to the remake of Dawn of the Dead, um, we've seen a lot of zombie stuff and we've seen a lot of post-apocalypse stuff. And so I've seen, like I said, I've just seen it and I could predict an awful lot of the story beats. Um, it, I, like I said, I've never played the game, but the game's been around for a decade and it's a fairly well-known game, and if you're a horror fan or a gamer, uh, you can easily pick up, like, if you have any curiosity, what's the game about? Kind of already knew what the game was about going into it, which means that uh, I didn't know at first if it was... I knew it was the guy and the girl, and I had always assumed it was a father and a daughter, but once they started it in 2003... I was pretty sure that um, 
Are we in spoiler territory? Well, we're assuming, unlike our movie reviews and our other podcasts, we're assuming that everybody who is listening to this um, has watched the show. But there will be spoilers that may occur because, again, there may be video game references as well. But we're going to. Which I can't do. But but in other words, I knew that the daughter was not going to survive. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, So I know I saw a lot of people say, oh my God, they were so shocking and they were crying and. Look, there were three children in this show. Two of them were killed. I may have loved it. They killed the third one. But um, two out of three ain't bad. But I knew that they were going to. So I just it, there was no tension in that for me. And I thought it was executed well, but not surprisingly. Um, all the stuff that happened, I thought, again, it was good. Um, I, and I'm watching and think, oh, Phil's going to love this. Oh, there goes the plane. Haven't, you know? Um, and I think one of the advantages of video game adaptation has now is uh, as opposed to say the super mario brothers days is that you're this isn't a bunch of old men who have never played a, a video game uh trying to figure out what it is that these kids these days like and not understanding the appeal of games um you now have the actual people making these things being you know gamers or at least people even if they're not avid gamers at the moment they understand they probably played it growing up you know, they're in our generation, so a lot of them are younger, um, so they respect it. And I think the other advantage is that you have games that are much more cinematic now. And Sean, am I correct in that Last of Us is a third-person adventure game? Yes. Right. Like, there'll so, be aspects where you switch between first-person and third-person, but it's very cinematic. Right, and so that that's just going to be a, a huge advantage, right? Uh, Super Mario Brothers, maybe an awesome game, wasn't particularly cinematic <laughs> um so you know that that's not as easy to know how how you're going to translate that into uh into a film um right. so and i think that benefits and so i think unlike say adapting a book or adapting um uh something where you're trying to get into someone's head or even adapting a comic you're taking something that's already giving you moving images. And I've seen a number of online comparisons between the game and the show. And it is really a lot. That's the scenes, the framing, the dialogue, all lifted right out of the one into the other. And effectively, and, and I don't mean to say that as a, as a knock. Um, but I think that's also a reason why a lot of the people I see who are loving this are people who have played through the game because it then really gives them exactly what they wanted. And it's not the kind of, I don't think it suffers for it in any way, but it's not going to have the same immediate appeal to, I think, the people who have not played the game because they're not going, oh my God, yeah, that's just like that. And you're reliving the experience of the game, I think, by rewatching it. Um, and the game, again, supposedly really, really well done. It's one of the best review games ever. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I think it was good. Um, but I'm hoping there's more coming that, and I know the basics of the, zombies whatever you want to call uh and we have didn't see a whole lot of that in this episode so i'm kind of waiting for that because if you can't give me an original story and god knows there's not a lot of original zombie stories out there at least scare the shit out of me and i I didn't quite get that here either so we'll see um i liked it um but again it's well-worn ground at this time by this time so but it doesn't take me take a whole lot to get me to like a uh a zombie story all right, sounds good. Yeah, as as, as uh, running jo- another running joke of uh, the Dark Discussions News Network is Mike's 
the zombie guy. Uh, back when eight years ago or so, uh, when zombie stuff was more fresh, um, Mike was was always excited about the the next zombie film. Um, so it makes sense uh, exactly everything you're saying now about originality and whatnot. Again, the game is as old as uh, those dates days when you were real excited about zombie stuff. So uh, it's almost as old as the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, the or the network. Yeah, the Dark Discussions News Network. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, um, yeah, I, w- I was. Uh, uh, I let me rephrase that. I, I understand exactly what you say, Mike, because again, a lot of people who are watching this show are also fans of the source material, and again, that's the weird thing about um, these uh, Hollywood movies and shows for the past, I guess, eight, ten years now, are not necessarily following the source material as as a lot of the fans would hope, and I think this is the reason why this one is going to be hugely successful, uh, as was, you know, the, the Game of Thrones was and stuff, because it actually followed the source material, um, and when you deviate you piss off the the people that are the real the guar- the, guaranteed income. Yeah, the guaranteed yeah. income because you're always going to get the guaranteed income, and that's the the fans of the source material. And right. if they're if they're happy, then you already have uh, one. You know, you're, you're already up the first step. Now the question is, does it go to a mass appeal? And so. And, and it could. So yeah, I want to I want to talk about that a second. So like I'm not a fan of the game. I haven't played the game. I can't be a fan of it. But I really liked this show. That could be because, you know, I've been trying to struggle to the end of The Walking Dead and I just can't do it so far. <laughs> and I, I watch an episode and I go, oh, God, this is a slog. Um, Where are I mean, you? I'm in a, I'm in season 10. Oh, really? OK. Yeah. But it got it, better just, after. After they yeah. made the whole uh, savior war, but anyway, yeah, that's another. Yeah, so it could be that I'm just looking for something that can take its place that's better. Um, and I thought the acting was just really d- well done, which really helps it a lot. Because um, you, like you said, there's not a lot of zombies in the zombie show <laughs> in the first episode, so you kind of get hints of them, and then you know during the fall you get you see it a lot, but. That's over, like you said, in 30 minutes. So, um, but anyway, that, that's just my perspective from somebody who has not played the game. And spoiler, yeah. we will get more. If they're following the game, we will get much more starting the next episode. Oh, right. I expect that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is them leaving Sanctuary. It's pretty much where yeah. the, 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 the story ends. Uh, we've got a couple of little bits. Um, in the beginning and you see a little thing at the end with the with the corpse uh but yeah i'm assuming that there's going to be a lot more coming later um but i think with adaptations it's always tricky but yeah you you don't have to be slavishly loyal but which can also hurt it you do have to adapt for the medium but again it's already a cinematic game so making a cinematic so the adaptation shouldn't be too difficult and it's not like they suddenly decided um you know, that there are going to be, you know, three men traveling with a little girl or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Just just because we need to avert, uh, up the diversity quotient or something like that. You know, it just uh, it's 
still sticking to, from what I understand, you know, you may not like the casting, you may love the casting, whatever, but you're still trying to appeal to them. And uh, you have to please the fans first and foremost. And yeah. if yeah. if you can't, if you lose the fans, then you're you're kind of screwed. Right. And, and, and I think that's, that's, that's uh, a good thing. I mean, we, we kind of, um, we, we, we kind of, you know, poo pooed certain aspects of prior TV shows that weren't following uh, the source material, whether it was the stand or, um, or um, the halo or, or even somewhat um, the, I guess, um, the the la- later latter seasons of Game of Thrones that were had to be quote unquote made up, and then of course even Westworld where once they stopped doing what we saw in the movie that Michael Crichton created, and they just started doing all this virtual reality stuff, it, you know, we it kind of made us roll our eyes, and then you know you see it with other stuff too like Star Wars and and some people even with with some of the Marvel characters, not all of them but some of them, so. It's, it all depends on when you're adapting a thing that pre-exists. It's one thing. If you are going forward into new territory, that's something else, right? So, like Star Wars is going forth into new territory, and there are certain practical things, you know, like so fans may have wanted to see a whole bunch of Han Solo films, but Harrison Ford didn't want to do them. That was never going to happen, <laughs> um, and and they can't put a gun to his head and force him to do it. But right. fans want what fans want. <laughs> he wanted to be killed off in Return of the Jedi. So he would never have to do yeah. another one. The, right. the, he came back to do the uh, Force Awakens under the condition that he be killed off. Um, so he would never have to do another one. Um, it's just not his kind of thing. But anyway, sure. fans don't care about practicality. They don't care about, well, we had to eliminate this sequence because you know it, it just added too much time and didn't drive the narrative and it ruined the pacing of the film. I was like, eh, no, but that's my favorite scene in the book. You have to put it in there, and that's it. Or we don't have the budget to do it. Uh, like well, the I think battle in the game in Game I, of Thrones, right? right. There's a fight where I, they basically okay. blackout, uh, have oh, period battle. blackout, yeah. so we miss the battle. Yeah, I think and, when and it, it becomes egregious is when they add things that weren't in the book and then don't film things that were, or right. in the source material. That's where I think people really get upset. Right, right. right. I, I well, there was a I know some critics were, were were a little annoyed that the Harry Potter films followed the book too much, but again, the but fans, the fans were upset it. about how much they yeah. took out. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, you were about to say something, Mike. Um, what I was going to say. No, right, I think no. like uh, I was going to say like I think I've mentioned this on the on the Dark Discussions podcast was. Um, the recent adaptation of Interview with a Vampire. I think they 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 definitely made changes. They they moved the uh, storyline forward about fifty years. They um, uh, changed they, they the changed the ethnicity, right? Of some the of the ethnicity characters. of one of the lead characters. But I think if you know the story, uh, they got the essence of the character right. Um, they were able to be much more explicit, I think, than the than the book was about the. Uh, sexuality of the characters um, because again that's just something that fits with the time um, and I don't know how other fans have taken it but as someone who's long been a fan of that book um, I think they did a really good job with it and, and adapting it and changing it for the modern era without 
sacrificing too much. They got the essence. Yeah, I've watched uh, a little bit of it, and I would agree with you. So, yeah, they would. They didn't. It's not the kind of thing like where they just made the change for no particular reason. They 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 made a change, and they're sticking true to the consequences of making that change. Um, you know, so it's just like I said, it's 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 a tricky thing. It really is because you have to change things often. Sometimes you have to just change things to make them more accessible. In order to, for people to understand it, someone coming in who's never seen it before, doesn't know the game or whatever it is, and there's a whole lot of material like Dune. I mean, there's so much in Dune that, like, in terms of you know the backstory and you know what do you put in, what do you not put in, what do you take, you know, it's what what do the audiences really need to know, and then if they need to know it, how do you tell it in a way that's entertaining and not just you know making it sound like a homework uh, assignment? Um, right, it's right. tough. And, yeah, and, yeah, and that that movie that came out. Um, definitely had uh, its fans as well as those who poo-pooed it. So, and and both are legit. I feel um, as as me, you, and and Barrett discussed on a, on a dark discussions episode, especially you, Barrett. Um, though though I, I I had read that book twice as well, and and I felt it was a little different. Um, so for this year, um, they yeah they they're they're at least holding on to the fans, at least the 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 uh, the gamer fans. Um, now we can talk about uh, some of the show now in the episode again. We're you know we're assuming everybody has has watched it uh, that has listened to this podcast because why else would you care to listen to this podcast if you haven't watched the show? Um, and also uh, the, that first five minute sequence in 1968 that you were talking about, Sean. Uh, I felt was pretty awesome as well. I think that was as awesome as um, the 30 minutes of kinetic craziness that occur right after. And that's not something that was in the game. So they added okay. that, which gives you much more depth as to what we're actually dealing with. Yeah, I liked it a lot. You don't get that. You don't get that story. Well, and that's that's a good thing because that helps the the people who aren't familiar with the game to explain what exactly. is going to occur. So, and yet it doesn't ruin the appeal to, of the game either. And, and to be honest, it was, it was pretty awesome scene. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I thought the scene was pretty awesome and the actors that were in it were great. Um, and I, I've seen the, the fungi expert, that actor many times, uh, in, yeah. in various things. Yep. And, and he, he played, he played that role. So awesome. It was and great. the, and I, and the other one whose name I just cannot find anywhere. I know I've seen in a lot of things as a character actor, but I just can't even see the character credited anywhere. And the, uh, the talk show host, uh, excuse me, if anyone's seen the, uh, HBO series, uh, Silicon Valley, he plays the character of big head. So I know him from that. I was just a little annoyed, um, mildly or like, I don't say annoyed is the right word. I just, I rolled my eyes. That uh, once again, it all comes down to global warming. Um, oh, that, yeah, that that statement was weird because, yeah, I mean that that was like 1968, and that was weird. That, yeah, I, I concur. Well, it's and well, it's also weird. if for some reason yeah. the globe were suddenly to get a little warmer, right? It's like, oh God, it was just nudge, nudge, wink. wink. Yeah, I know, and it was unnecessary, yeah. and even the the justification for it felt weird to me because well the fungi can't survive in a human body you know on a body above 94 degrees but the world just got a little bit warmer well the world is not like 98 degrees out your human the human body is significantly warmer than the average environment 
Well, and um, I don't think our internal temperature is going to change because the outside right, environment right. changed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it has right. nothing the, to the do with environment yeah, has changed by a couple of degrees over the years. It has not changed so much so that the the, the virus is not the virus. The fungus is going to. It was just a really what weird I took out of that. In my opinion. What I took out of that was that they were saying that. If the temperature was warm enough outside, the fungi could survive in situations where it normally couldn't. And so then it would be more susceptible for us to be able to become infected by it. But that's not entirely clear. And that's me taking what I thought they meant out of it. But I know what you're saying. They meant it. it They meant it. They meant it. The internal temperature of of the host. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah basically, what it's, but yeah. yeah, basically what it, it says is that the, the fungi cannot survive uh, in an environment that's too hot. And the human body is, is very hot, unlike uh, insects, which cordyceps can affect because insects are, are, are cold-blooded animals, I believe. So what it's trying to say is how could a fungi survive in a warm-blooded animal and and then they, he throws this weird global warming thing, which doesn't have anything to do with the, how a cordyceps would be able to survive in hot temperature. It, it just doesn't make any sense. If anything, if the temperature rose too much, all cordyceps would just die out in that general area. That's why you don't find them in, say, the Saharan Desert or Death Valley or, or wherever. So or so, I I think you're right. I think that was just a, a global warming statement that. Was just well, and given that statement. I don't think it's going to affect anything in the, and I have no idea, but since we're going to a post-apocalyptic scenario, and uh, I, I have a feeling we're not dealing with global warming anymore, right. so it was just an yeah, unnecessary, yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. So yeah, it, it was an yeah. unnecessary little uh, bit of virtue signaling of, you yeah. know, saying, you know, oh, here we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna toss out this little thing because it's important. It's like, yeah, okay. So it's like it's yeah. and it's especially the, the in 19, 1968. It wouldn't make sense that right. It's just weird. That. It just it just felt like a weird and unnecessary insertion. Yeah. Um. I, I, I would. I, I have no problem with it when it makes sense to me. This this one didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't as, think uh, it was necessary, but it didn't bother me because, like I said, I saw it differently. I saw them saying it as the the environment was going to raise so the thing could live longer or whatever, be able to infect. But I, right. I know that that is a hot button point for, um, for some people. So I know that it would appear that way no matter what. So right, right. Well, well, and the thing is, is that was the it, what they should have said was why, why, why couldn't a cordyceps or a fungi adapt? You know, to a different temperature. I mean, right now, you know, we, we don't know. You know, in the future, maybe this could happen. We don't know. Things things mutate, and we don't know. But he didn't say that. He just said something that was about temperature, global warming. And, and again, it has, as you said, Mike, it has no sense to how could it then – Well, he never actually says global warming, no, does he? Yeah, I don't right. think so. No, but he we all know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all take it a certain way. Let's put it that way. Right. Well, well I, either way, he's trying to say that the temperature could rise on the Earth. Okay. And we're assuming if we, we use hypothetical discussions from modern day, well, that's obviously means global warming. But even if the, if it wasn't specifically stated, 
Mike's point that it doesn't really make sense related to how cordyceps could survive in a human body uh, because that's the global temperature, not the, the temperature in a human body. Why couldn't they survive in a human body now and mutate now before the temperature of the earth rises? You see what I'm saying? And and then how do they how can they spread throughout the world? If it, you know whether it's it's Norway or the the bottom of Argentina, you know right near the Antarctica, and how could the people that have you know again though that's ninety eight point five inside a human, I, I don't know it's just, it just was weird science but it was a cool scene. I don't know. Uh, for folks who are curious, Mike has a biology degree, and that, that's why he's he brought it up. And, and it's invalid. I'm I, I, right there, Mike. I, I was thinking that too when I heard it, but. Like, I wasn't Barry, saying it wasn't like, valid. It just didn't bother me because. That, that's, well, that's what I was about to say. No, that, that's first, like it's the kind of thing. I just and I tend too. to get annoyed with any time someone inserts. And I have a lot of friends uh, that get annoyed by that too. Just like that, it starts political positions. I don't care which side it is, whether I agree with it or not agree with it. I just get annoyed when it's inserted in places that it doesn't need to be. I have um, friends that never so. went to see Avatar because of what you're explaining right there. Yeah, that's a that's a whole different and, thing, and. I'm just yeah. saying, I know a lot of people that are like that. I'm not like that, so I don't see it that way. Um, Except, so, I mean, the, the I think the difference with I think with that and Avatar is that Avatar that's kind of the point of the whole thing. It is, uh, it is pretty much <laughs> that I agree with, but it is very much environmental agitprop. I mean, that's that's why it's there. But so, you don't have to go into a movie and become part of its message. Right, and, and that's, that's a, also that's a, a personal choice, and that's also a foreign planet or moon. While this, so so that really, I don't really care about that environmental or political statement avatar because again, it's it's not Earth in any way, and it's just a fantasy world or space world. But oh, but you will be made to care. You will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was you had to bring it up. It, it was the yes. I see. It was, I see the yeah. point completely, and it's still it. I knew that it's that that type of thing that people are going to go. Oh, I hate that um, because it's just one of those button issues that they could have just left out because it really has nothing to do with the a pertinent storyline. Right. Right. They could have done it differently. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. He, they could have just thrown a line that, that said things mutate, and that's all. And and so what happens in say fifteen years or twenty years? Cordyceps and fungi mutate, and then they can survive in ninety eight point five degree temperature or something, you know. But so they could have just, but they whatever that you know. The, the, to be honest, uh, I read. They about, chose the Hollywood right route, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, it's not all, It's not just Hollywood because I did read. Especially Chazin, I think the the guy that did Chernobyl, he's he's like very very, um, what we call progressive, um, where he's actually had Twitter fights with uh, some politicians on Twitter. So, and and again, the only reason I know this is because I just wanted to read about the two showrunners who are these guys, and and so I went to Wiki, and and that's what it said. So, so he's he's well known, I guess, to be very progressive, a thinker, um, Druckmann. Uh, not necessarily so much, I don't think. Um, but, but either way, um, well, let's just say this: Ch- Chazin and Ted Cruz were roommates in college, 
in their freshman year, and they hate each other. So that that, that should pretty much explain. I think anybody where, where that was Ted Cruz's roommate probably hates him. It's 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 possibly true. It's possibly true. Uh, uh, except maybe his wife. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it, but but that that doesn't necessarily mean. Um, uh, Either one is politically wrong. It just means that right. we we know where Shazin is necessarily coming from. Yeah. Um, so um, so that scene. Anything else about that scene? Anybody wanted to bring up? It just had it was ominous. I like that. That's how it started. Yeah. Giving yeah, you the vibe. Best part about it was it was ominous. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 And another running joke on on, on the the. Talk discussions podcast or general podcast in general that I'm on is that I, I always say it ain't going to be the environment, it ain't going to be the fungi or the viruses, it's going to be the nukes. But that's besides the point. Uh, so these things, even though it was ominous, <laughs> I, I, it was ominous because I know where the show's going. But but um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't phase me as much as the nukes. Um, so. We jumped forward to 2003, uh, and it's interesting how they do it. And again, I don't know how it is in the game, but um, they actually focus the story around uh, the perspective of the teenage daughter of the lead character, Joel. And I think it's Joel, and her and that's the lead character, the guy. Um, and she, I knew wasn't going to make it because again, I, I read pretty much everything that you probably did, Mike, um, after you, um, did some research. Um, and so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I also was, it was killing me to figure out who that, that was on the t-shirt. Her t-shirt is like, I was like, who's that? Is that Shannon Twain? Is it? And then I, I finally looked it up and it's, uh, it's actually just a fake band. Uh, uh, that was uh, in the video. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Was in the it. Video. That's, they, that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the fake movie they made for it too that Joel yes. likes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so the fake movie and the fake band are literally pulled right from the video game, which is kind oh, of funny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and just like neat. kind of the design for the room and the house was similar to the game. So okay. little touches adjusted, you know, for the time or whatever, but. Is, does the, the Keep it in video game it, follow her perspective at the beginning too? It it does, but it goes a little bit different. They gave you more yeah. in this series mm-hmm. of seeing Sarah because in the game you don't get her going into town. You don't get that stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. added for the show. What you basically in the game it starts off as she's basically she has a little thing with her dad or Joel giving him the watch, and then she goes to bed. And then she wakes up as everything is, you know, going crazy. Yep. And so you're going from her perspective until Joel arrives at the house. And then there's a whole stuff there. So, right. but I like, I liked what they added because it gave you more, it created, like made them more full characters. Right. Right. Um, all right. So let's, let's talk about this first 30 minutes. Um, yeah. So, so we, we have a father. And a daughter. There's no mother in the picture. Uh, and no brother Tommy. Yeah, we don't know about the situation about the mother. She's abandoned them, died, or just divorced. And she left the them. Yeah, so she's a piece of garbage, like any parent that just disappears. And um, 
the brother doesn't live with them, but the brother she is was like abducted a, by the Grays, Phil. Could be. <laughs> um, the the brother uh, doesn't live there, but it appears that he's a co-worker or co-owner of a small, um, um, I guess, uh, builder um, type people. They build buildings, uh, so uh, uh, general contractor maybe. The the Joel is and, and his brother is like a number two in command. Um, and so that's, that's what they do. It takes place in Austin, Texas. Um, and that's pretty much the setup. Uh, Sean mentioned that, uh, basically it's the father's birthday, Joel's birthday. Um, but they have to go to work. He and his brother have to go to work because they, they have this job. They have to make sure that it's done. And, and one of their, people they contracted out the cement people um maybe bailing and so they may have to do it themselves so it's going to be a long day uh so the daughter she goes to school uh before they go to school we, we get the checkoff's neighbor uh so we, we meet <laughs> we meet uh this 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 uh, older guy and this this woman where i'm assuming it's a son you know, you know, like a 68 to 72 year old man and his 90 year old mother um, and they, they promise to visit later in the day, meaning, uh, Sarah and then Sarah, um, steals her father's watch and some money. And I, I don't get the knife part. Um, basically she looks at the knife because the knife I felt was a Chekhov's knife, but then it never appears again in the entire episode. Um, and basically this is all in his sock drawer and she brings the the watch to, uh, get it repaired. Um, and they repair it at the repair shop. And then the, the woman, like the daughter or wife of the watchman, uh, says, go home and just lock your doors. So something's ominous. And they talk earlier about Jakarta, Indonesia, where something weird is going on, and uh, that's pretty much the setup. So, uh, wh where do we want to go? What do we want to talk about? Well, we could start with just the whole thing of following Sarah, right, as she does her uh, trip into town because she was supposed to go to school and she ends up going to get the watch fixed. And you can tell that things are wrong, but just how this, like, how they're shooting the city, and then the whole situation where the watchmaker's wife. It's basically like trying to get Sarah out, but won't say why, or like, well, like won't you know? So the fan, like the the audience, doesn't know specifically why. And there's a lot of police activity going and on. And there's lots of police activity. Yes. Right, 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 right. And, then and, and just, a, a lot of people are off the streets too. It seems. And yeah, then, at least yeah. At least when she's looking out the the bus window, when when she's taking the yeah. bus to the watch shop. Well, and everything she seems to see is like police pulling people over and stuff like that. So it's weird. Yeah. Right. And then the, she gets back and goes to the Adlers, which are the next door neighbors, and she spends some time there. And then just and that's where you kind of get the idea that the infection's already in place because as she's the 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 older lady, the I think the mother in law. It's the one who's in the wheelchair and she can't move. Yeah. And a stroke see, victim, most likely. Yeah, a stroke victim or something. And you can see that she's not able to move. But then you see in that one sequence where Sarah's like looking at the different movies 
Yeah, and DVDs. behind, they they have it. You can see her move the the woman moving, but they don't I give you focus. They and show her just, mouth like open really weird. Yeah, yeah that was nuts. Yeah, too, that was yeah. really creepy. Yeah, <laughs> and so it was like a great tension builder, right? Yeah, yeah. and then, yeah. and then and then she ends up going back to the house. Well, well, then the, then the dog is the dog is, is starting upset. to act weird too. Cause yeah, because the dog's wrong. Yeah, and and then uh, we meet uh, the wife. So so you're right, the mother-in-law and the and the daughter are home. Now, but the the man is off to work or something at this point, um, is my guess. Um, now, Mike, before we continue, for folks who have no idea what the hell's going on, what is a cordyceps? A cordyceps is a parasitic fungi. Fungi are for the most part either uh, scavengers. Does that composers. mean? Does that mean like like mushroom when you say fungi, Mike? Well, mushroom is only the <laughs> genitalia of the fungus, so um, it's the reproductive organs. Um, the actual bulk of the fungus is underground, uh, eating off the whatever the the, the organic nutrients in the soil. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of a fungus, and um, so. I don't know all the cordyceps fungi, but the ones that are more famous are the ones that take over ants, uh, infect the nervous system, control the body, encourage the ants to uh, engage in behaviors that would be uh, contrary to their survival. So uh, where they uh, make them take over their body, have them climb up onto like the stalks of plants uh, where the body of the, the, the fungus can have fruit, the mushroom, the reproductive part can sprout out and then it can spread its seeds. So not its seeds, its spores, sorry. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so they, they have the ability to take over uh take over animals, insects, which obviously a much simpler nervous system than us. Uh yeah, ants but, and caterpillars basically, right? Yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh it's, it's a matter of degree right it's um if they it, hypothetically they might be able to do that to a human uh but it wouldn't be easy doesn't matter it's an excuse to have a uh way, one way to do a zombie show yeah now and the one the one thing i was going to say too is the showrunners talk because in the game the spores are a big problem because they're in the air everywhere so you have to there's a lot of points where you have to wear a gas mask like the player has to wear up a gas mask or you would get infected. But in what they said in the, the showrunner said it would be too difficult. And plus, no one wants to see the whole show of people just wearing gas masks. So they adjusted how the infection is. And that's why in the one sequence later, when we get to it, but where there's stuff in the mouth is how the infection happens. So that they could they could get more of a zombie feel, but also... So you're not having to just have everybody in gas masks the whole time. Right. And Mike, even though for cooking purposes, mushrooms are considered vegetables, just as tomatoes are, even though neither are necessarily truly vegetables. Is that true that fungi are not vegetables or plants? They're actually a different species of creature? They're a completely different kingdom and more closely related to animals than to plants. 
Interesting. How about that? That is weird. To, to, However, to the main thing is you have to remember to chop the fungi. Don't break them. Why is that? Just because it'll annoy you. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. That's a running joke about asparagus. Um, but yes, yes. Uh, so that is curious. <laughs> so so uh, from uh, folks who, who don't know uh, about a podcast, it was an episode where we discussed uh, in a scene of a movie, uh, asparagus was being cooked and the woman chopped rather than snapped. And uh, the, the question is, which is the problem? snapped. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, that was insane, dude. You, Julia Childs is right. You, you always snap. Anyway, well, she uh, didn't watch Julia Childs. Probably <laughs> right because she's, yeah. Well, in the director and the screenwriter too. Uh, anyway, um, so back to this show here. Um, yeah, so she leaves the neighbor's house. The the Adlers, I think it is. Yeah, the Adlers. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, we already know that something's fishy going on. I mean, we already do because we we know it's a horror show. But the the first scene, which is twenty, no, eighteen. I think what when we see it. No, it's actually pretty quick. It was like ten to fifteen minutes in, is when we see the stroke victim, the mother-in-law, the ninety-year-old woman who's basically paralyzed. She begins to move in the chair, and the dog starts going nuts. Uh, so we already know. It's begun. Uh, plus, you know, the ominous signs of the cops and the, and the news report in Jakarta, Indonesia, and all this other stuff. Uh, so so is she we... in the game? Is that, that how uh, they do is it? The old woman? It's a little bit different. So that stuff is more added for the show because it's a different neighbor who ends up attacking them okay. uh, in the actual game. But I thought it was effective. Again, it's just giving fleshing out stuff a little bit more, right? Okay, right, right. So, so it is still a neighbor. It's just a different neighbor. Yeah, it's a different neighbor. Yeah. Okay, right. And I think if I read correctly, after my my own research, after watching the episode, um, isn't it that the neighbor breaks into their house rather than yes. they go? Yeah. Because okay. what happens is Sarah is walking around the house trying to figure out what's going on, and she turns on the TV, and then it's like the warning about what's happening. And then cuts out, and then basically she starts hearing the dog starts crying, and then yep. quiet, and then Joel comes just in time as the neighbor Jimmy, the house that or the farm that you see burning later in the episode. Yep, that guy is the one who ends up coming, and he back he crashes through the the uh, the window or the the uh, sorry the sliding door, uh, and it starts attacking. So and it's just it, basically running. Like so, in the in the ahead. video game, they live further on the outskirts. Well, of it's Austin. just he. For, I they don't really change. I think it's just for whatever reason he was there. Let me re, let me rephrase. Okay, sorry. It, is is the is the video game a suburban neighborhood like we see it in is. the show? Okay, so so yeah. he just happens to he just to happened to be there. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, right, right, and and they're literally again. This is this is a sprawling city like most sprawling cities of Texas. So it doesn't surprise me that part of the city would be farmland uh, as you go f- further and further away from the center. This ain't like uh, the area where I live, where Boston, Massachusetts is all compact and and whatnot, or sh- 
for people who live near Chicago, which is like a sprawling um, city that's long, you know, crazyly large, even 20, 30 miles outside of downtown. Um, uh, I believe these towns here or these cities here in Texas, um, they incorporate land that actually are, are rural, even though they're considered a city because the downtown is, is actually similar to, say, a, a Boston or a Chicago. Um, all right. So, uh, what do we want to discuss? So, so, so she goes to the day. Yeah. So father's birthday, he comes home late 11 o'clock at night, uh, because he had to do the cement after all, because they did have the contract to bail on them. Uh, of course he forgets. And the sizing was wrong too. And the, the material. Oh, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And so he forgets the cake. Uh, she presents him the watch and the, the, um, the movie that she borrows from the Adlers. And, uh, she says, yeah, I won't fall asleep. And of course she does. And he puts her away, puts her to bed when the brother calls because he's in jail and he's in jail. It seems like this happens a a lot, but this time based off of the, it was legit because the person (laughs) probably was beaten up or or fighting off. was was bothered. yeah. Yeah. It was probably infected. Exactly. Um, and so the one thing you were gonna I'm gonna say too is that in the video game they have a like they have a little joking uh, situation between Joel and Sarah where he's like how did you afford to fix the watch and she's like oh I sell hard drugs I thought that was a very poignant moment that she felt comfortable coming out and admitting that yeah. to her father <laughs> oh so so that came right from the the game then right so they borrowed that that aspect of it right so which is again it gives you uh, just it gives you the kind of relationship that they had. Yeah, and so I thought that was done well. And I'll say I I can't remember if we've already said it or not, but the actress who plays Sarah is Tanny Newton's daughter. Yep. Hmm. Oh, okay, interesting. The actress Tanny Newton from uh, Westworld, uh, Game, uh, Westworld, and and yep. Solo. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Um. So then basically they get out of the house like they Well yeah, she wakes when, up at two oh three in the morning, right? Yeah. And her and Joel's gone out to get to Tom. Tommy. She doesn't yeah. know what's happened. And so she's walking around the house and you get that the same kind of sequence where she turns on the TV and then it's gone. And yeah, then, yeah, the emergency broadcasting, please wait for um, uh upcoming messages or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, oh, the, oh, the and, dog and those, oh. don't forget also those um uh those little Little uh, things on the top of of telephone poles that they they begin to pop, explode, yeah. yeah. And that's how that's what wakes her up pretty much. And then the helicopter flies by. But anyway, the dog. You were saying something about the dog? Yeah. Then, so then what happens is the dog starts crying and is crying at the door, and she's like, "Well, this isn't good." Yeah. It's the and neighbor's so dog, goes, Adler's dog. Yeah. And so she's going to bring the dog back to the house, to the Adlers, and the dog will have nothing of it and then basically escapes out of oh, the, That, that the, has happened to me so many times with the date sheep. My dog pulls out from her... Uh, the collar, her yeah. collar, yeah. It's a pain in the ass. And then, but you don't want yeah, them too tight. Like, you don't want them too tight. No, because yeah. it's, yeah, it's not... Sometimes the harness thing is better because it covers more. It's like a little well, bit Well, that, that's what I do when I, when, I, when I walk them, yeah. With the yeah. forest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so then you get the situation of she's like goes to the Adlers because the the dogs ran off, 
and she like hears strange noises coming from the house. And of course, first thing you do is go into the house <laughs> by yourself. Um, and then that's where you notice that like the, the Nana is not in her wheelchair. And then you start, yeah. you, you still hear the sounds and then you find basically the husband is is lying in the corner. Well, before, just, before like, we, before we get into that, I, I honestly, this is, I've seen like you know we've all seen so many horror films and thrillers that when she the door is opened the dog leash is on the ground the grandmother is not in the chair and you hear weird noises coming from another room my first thought would be burglars or and I would immediately get the hell out of there and and call nine one one that's what I would have done I wouldn't have been looking around to see is everybody all right because. Because again, the door is wide open and and the grandmother's not there. So, but that was me. That's just me. Anyway, we're talking about a teenage girl, fifteen year old. She doesn't know what she's doing. And so horror. Kind and of she thing, doesn't right? have the proper fear instilled in her yet. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> but yeah, so you get the sequence where she walks into the kitchen where the husband is lying in the corner and he says "bit" like he's been bitten. And then you hear the sound and then the camera pans down to the Nana who's on her like all fours and then just making that eating her daughter. Yeah. Eating her, infecting her daughter and then looking up with the the things in her mouth. Yeah. The cordyceps. And then basically like get the hell out of there. And she's running out of the house and that's just when Joel and Tommy make it back and so they're able, like the like the mother, the, the nanny runs out, and they have to basically kill her, right? Or, like now, now, her, to try to stop her. Now, here's here's a thing I read because uh, a lot of people were complaining about this. And why did he drop? He basically had the, the, the Tommy had a had a thirty odd six, but and while well, he had uh, Joel had a uh, a wrench, like like one of the the big giant ones that you use to to undo. Uh, pipes and after he clubs the adler woman he drops the wrench and people said that was the stupidest thing why the heck but they i read he doesn't know he's in a zombie apocalypse no 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 no, but no but it's still his property so why would he drop it but the running joke in the in the game is you can only use a melee weapon three times and it breaks including wrenches so so that was the that's what they they think it was purposely so dropped. It's a little touch to the game. Yeah, yeah exactly, time. exactly. So, so that's just a. An interesting but the cool thing. thing is that when they're trying to escape, because then Mister Adler now is in like fully infected, and it shows you just how quickly, depending on, and we learn this later too, depending on where you're bitten, will affect how fast you turn. And so they just barely get into the truck and are like trying to drive away, and you see Adler attacking another neighbor. And then just spreading, like, and this is why it's so dangerous because it's just, you know, especially if you get bitten in, like, the neck or, you know, the higher up to the brain or the closer to the brain, the faster you do you go. Right. Yeah, right. Showing it, like, like, how lethal it is. All I saw is the leg was, like, 12 to 24 hours. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But, it, like, above the shoulder the was 5 to 10 minutes. Where? The shoulder? Yeah, above the shoulder, it's five to ten minutes. Right. Also, also, um, uh, we didn't mention this, but during the the pre-credit sequence with the two scientists in 1968, uh, they talk about how uh, there is no cure 
for fungi. Um, and, 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 and that's feeling I mean, true because, I mean, we know there's no cure for rabies and, and that's, that's, fun, well, but rabies is a virus. That's what I was about to say. So, and, and then you, there's no cure for AIDS as we know, because there's no cure really for, for many viruses, never mind fungi. And then of course, whether it's, it's, uh, chronic wasting disease or mad cow disease where it's the protein, that's not even a living thing. Right. So, so there's just no cures for this shit. So it's the prions, isn't it? The yeah, prions. Yeah, exactly. And, the prions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, depends a lot on how you define living, and yeah, they're yeah. they're like in this weird shape because they they can force other proteins to take on their shape. So you could argue that's a form of reproduction. It's just it's yeah bizarre. It's a viroids. Um, yeah. I mean, we have fungicides, but I mean, I mean, but, but he was I think specifically referring to uh, cordyceps. Yeah. But I don't know why we would have a cure for cordyceps because we don't give a shit what happens to the ants and the caterpillars. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is true. But at the same time, you know, it's not like something has happened in the uh, last few years to make us care. So even though uh, that was the case, you know, it's like we, we and somehow in the next 20 or 30 years, we would have developed a cure because it's right, still right. something that's affected insects and you know, and you know, caterpillars. And yeah, ants. there's other things you're focused on. Right. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, but I think, and the other thing they talked about too, in that, like, we're going back to that sequence at the start, when they're talking about the effect of how airplane travel, because the one scientist is talking about pandemics, and that basically because of air travel, you can basically infect anywhere within hours, whereas right. before, you know, travel wasn't that fast so you wouldn't it would take a lot longer to spread stuff right well and that and that's exactly what happened with with covid right i mean it 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 hit the seattle and portland uh on the east coast i mean the west coast of the united states at least in the united states and and those were directly from planes that were coming from china and 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 career and, and whatnot. So so and that happened in like what like you said in, in seconds. And unlike this, and then we just did a, a Twelve Monkeys podcast and the same thing where a guy went got on a plane and went to Rio de Janeiro uh, and wherever and so on and so forth. So the question and, and is don't how your favorite movie of all time there, uh, Phil Contagion. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or or the remake of Planet of the Apes is another good one. So the 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 thing is is what we we have is in this show, like all those movies and, and programs that we just mentioned, Contagion and, and Planet of the Apes and all that, it happens immediately, right? Versus say COVID, which it happens, but you don't even know you have. Some people won't may not even know they have COVID for like four months later or something. So in these movies, the pandemics happen like that poster that we see later, which is you're infected within 15 hours or five minutes or whatever. And of course these pandemics are much worse than COVID ever was. So it's, it's just like a full blown um, version of a, a true like crazy disease or something. In this case, it's fungi. No, I mean, um, the problem with the, yeah, I'm sure on. we're all pandemic experts now, <laughs> through 2020, 2021, 2022. Um, one reason why COVID spread the way it did is because it's um, not terribly lethal uh, and that for some people can walk around with it and 
you know, with just the sniffles, if even that. Um, usually the worse a virus is, and it would apply to pretty much anything, like Ebola virus. People, but, uh, yeah, right. It, it kills people. Sorry, it's like a virus, not a virus, a fire. If it burns too hot, too fast, it eats up its fuel, and it dies out pretty fast. Um, in this case, the fuel would be the people. So if you uh, make people too sick to travel, if you make them visibly ill so that people are smart enough to keep their distance, um, the virus burns itself out pretty fast, and a pandemic is hard to get. The stuff that is like the real crapshoot are things like bubonic plague, where the conditions are just right to have something that's both very transmissible, very lethal, and you know, sustain itself over a long period of time. And plague could, of course, do that because it was you know, in, the, in the flea population. So right. it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And that's why I always have to, you know, kind of put the, the logic aside to have a, a zombie apocalypse film, because, you know, we, we would probably never get there because humans are great at killing shit. Yeah, so it would, <laughs> yeah. it would not take very long for us to just shoot everybody who sneezes, uh, you know, just to be sure. Um, it would but have and that's, something like World War Z, where it was like ten seconds or whatever he counts to, and they're turned. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like you know, when when in England, uh, the mad cow disease started affecting all the cows, they they just wiped out the whole herds, and and then that killed off the infection because once the herds are, that were infected are gone, it doesn't spread anymore, and um, um. Uh, it's either that one or, or a foot and mouth disease. One, one of the two. But either way, it's the, the one of those two that affect cows. And then um, the the Barrett is right. If it if it was something that was quick, like the Scordyceps thing, um, then then yeah, that, then there's not much you can do, I guess. Um, but but Mike's point is absolutely right because you you have these Ebola things that have occurred in Africa, which are really contagious, but it kills off the whole village. And then um, when the hosts die, then the virus dies or, or whatever it is, bacteria. I don't know. Well, what plus it is. You know, causes yeah. you to bleed out of every orifice from in your body. Yeah. So you yeah. know they have it, right? <laughs> so you know you have it, right? It's hard to hide and people are not like... Oh, let me hug you. You know, it's um, but they also end right, up going right. into convulsions at the end, which is going to help spray the blood around and and do that. There was a great book from the early '90s. I think it was early, maybe mid '90s, called "The Crisis in the Hot Zone," uh, about um, a Ebola outbreak in Virginia, where there's the the animal quarantine for uh, animals coming into the country, and the problem with the, the, the good thing about Ebola is that it is only transmitted through bodily fluids. Uh, and as they're kind of going through the animal quarantine, because there is an Ebola outbreak, they figure out like where the animals are infected. <laughs> There's no way the animals could get in contact with each other. So that means that the virus had to, mutated to be airborne. And for whatever reason, the way it mutated to be airborne also basically made it far less effective against humans. So it's just a weird stroke of luck 
that um, that the mutation needed to make the protein coat resistant to ultraviolet light also screwed it up when it came to infecting people. So we dodged a bullet there. Otherwise, that, that this apocalypse could have come a whole lot sooner than we expected. Yeah, yeah. And, and if anybody is curious, uh, Andromeda syndrome... Uh, oh, I I, pardon, this is not a fictional story. This this was real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. But 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 like the John syndrome was a really good example of something like that. That book by Michael yeah. Crichton, where it wipes out an entire village, and in like New Mexico or Arizona, and then they're trying to find a cure quick because it's wiping out people quick in that small rural area, and then. They never are going to get the cure, and instead the virus just mutates and becomes harmless. So similar to, I guess, what you were saying, Mike, and and they dodge a bullet in that book because of just plain luck. Um, now, what further things do we want to talk about? With this first thirty minutes, because uh, obviously the 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 main part of the story happens right after. Um, this is where again, where like when they're driving in the truck, and they yeah. get to that T intersection, that yeah. exact scene happens in the game. The okay. cops are racing by in the one direction, and they go in the other direction. So that stuff is all like that's word for word, basically. The conversation they have in the vehicle is word for word, okay. and then. You have the situation have kids, where, so do we. Yeah. Uh, the, where they drive by the, the family that's on the road and stranded. Yep. Yep. That same stuff happens in the game. And yep. then you get to the situation where they get into town, and then it's a little bit different. They change that up a little bit for the show. But you guess basically they're trying to make their way through the town because they have to, they're trying to get to like an, like an outer road or whatever so they can try and escape. And yeah, basically, hit, hit, hit a rural area, whether it's yeah, Mexico or, or, or wherever. And then, as they're driving in the town, like you're focusing on all the mayhem that's around them because everyone's getting attacked by the infected. But if you watch in the back, you can see a plane that's in the back that's coming, 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 coming. And in the game, it's two planes hit and cause the devastation. Are they jet? Jet? Airliners, or are they just small yeah, they're airliners that okay. crash. Okay. And in this one, it's like this airliner crashes and that causes the accident. Right. Where their their vehicle gets knocked over, and then they're basically trying to escape from that. Right, right. And she breaks her ankle or or twisted yeah. or something where 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 it's she's incapacitated as as a healthy person. That's a thing that is a question then because the because it's transmissible transmissible by a bite. If you have an injury and they don't check, they just assume that you're infected. Yeah, that you're that plays out later yeah. on when they meet the soldier who gets the orders when they when they meet the soldier and he's telling them to stop. And then he gets the message from his higher-ups just to kill them, Right. which is just like in the game. Yeah. And the you have the like and it's it was just it was done well because it's in most times when you get the soldiers, that's like you know, most of the zombie movies or whatever, you get the soldiers, that's like the good thing. That's hopeful. You're getting, you get out of here or whatever. And they, you know, play with that expectation. And then basically, yep, no, you're going to be eliminated because everyone is basically, if you've got a, any question, don't question, just kill them. 
See, I think it all depends on when exactly the soldiers show up in the film. Yeah. Um, right. Because if they show up too early, then you know that this there is not going to go. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, you can look at all sorts of. Again, this is problem. The problem is in so many zombie films. But you know, you you certainly have the end of Night of the Living Dead to start it off, where. Yeah. Um, you know, where oh look, there's law enforcement. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Twenty eight days later, or twenty eight days later, later right? Yeah. Was was another one, and uh, yeah. So, right. Well, and and in this one here too, um, we, we they're running away. He's carrying his daughter, who has a broken ankle, and, uh, and they're running away from a cordyceps infected. And so the soldier shoots the cordyceps infected. And so obviously the first thing he's he's gonna be thinking when he especially when he, he wires into his, his commander, uh, I'm with a man that's carrying an injured child and they were both being chased by a cordyceps infected and the first thing everybody's gonna think is, Oh, that cordyceps infected must have bit the child. So you have to take you have to kill these people because they're infected. And at this point, since people are changing almost immediately, depending on where they're bit, even though she was bit on the foot, again, they don't know yet because it just started the pandemic at this point. Um, they're not just rounding people up and putting them in, in you know, quarantine areas to make sure. They have to make split decisions. And unfortunately, this split decision happens to be killed to innocent people that they think may be infected. Well, now, at this point, at this point, they haven't even really probably discovered enough about it aside from they're biting people and they're converting them. Yeah, right. That's probably the all they know. Part, <laughs> the fun part I was going to throw in too is that soldier was Craig Mazin. And who's that? I'm not familiar with that. The guy, the showrunner. That was he was the, oh. the soldier. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Which guy? Ch- Chazen? Mazin. Craig oh, Mazin. Ma- Ma- oh, amazing. Yeah, I keep on screwing up. Yeah, so that's the Chernobyl guy. Yeah, the Chernobyl guy. So he got the yeah. little cameo, just like uh, Peter Jackson did in Lord of the Rings <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it was kind of funny that he got to play that role. So, yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. I, I, I would have never guessed he wasn't a person that didn't act. I mean, he definitely didn't look like a soldier. He was kind of chubby and stuff. Uh, you know, he wasn't. Uh, what I expected, but but he definitely wasn't. Uh, he is actually played the role fine. So, so, um, so then you on. get the situation where the soldier shoots them, and yep, you basically yep. you don't get to see what happens to Sarah, but you basically see that Joel's been shot in the side. Yeah, and then the the soldier's coming to execute them, and then he gets shot, and then that's when you see that Tommy's come back or found that's his right. way to them and that's saves right. Joel. But Sarah's mortally wounded, and basically she dies in his in Joel's arms. Yeah, yeah, and and for people who haven't followed the game, um, or people that didn't read about the game prior to watching the show, they were probably horrified, like my wife was, and like, oh my god, this is terrible, and very sad. Um, so it was it was probably a big shock, big surprise, a, a, a nice. A twist, I guess, a nice quote unquote, um, for a viewer, uh, and a kind of original too, because it's unexpected. Yeah, I totally didn't expect it because I didn't have any background on what was going to happen. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And Mike, you even mentioned that you weren't under 100% sure either, right? Because you, you just thought it was a father-daughter, right? You didn't know it was a surrogate well, I, father but I was always saying daughter. 2003, yeah. I figured that they were going to have another flash-forward after the apocalypse happened. Oh, right, and... because she couldn't be a daughter anyway. She would be like a, a yeah, middle-aged older, woman yeah. at that point. Yeah. Right. Like I, I mean, even, well, given her age, mm-hmm. you know, who I'm guessing was like 14 or 15. Yeah, she'll be um, 35 at that point, 20 years later. Well, even if I didn't, I didn't know how far they were going to jump, I figured they were going to jump because the game was 2013, so I figured they were going to jump at least 10 years. So she yeah. would still be in her 20s, and that's not the age of the, like, the, the girl in the game. So yeah. I didn't think. So I, I knew she was. I knew she was due. Um, right. right. <laughs> well, did you also know uh, uh, the the girl, the woman from, or well, she's a woman now, 19 years old, but uh, the girl from Game of Thrones. Was was the co lead at that before the show started? I also knew that. Yeah, you did. Okay, so th- that may have told you something too, right? Yeah, probably had a hint. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. The age thing. Yeah, yeah. If, depending on where, if they were going to jump into time, at least ten years, if they followed the game, um, yeah, she, she wouldn't have been the, the correct age anyway. Right, but it's also it's the look that any time again. This is the it's the tropes, it's the beginning of the apocalypse, it's the beginning of a zombie apocalypse. Everybody has to suffer a loss in the zombie apocalypse. That's the law. You know, you never right. get the entire family making it through. Somebody gets lost. Right. right. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that both the, uh, the daughter and the brother survived. Oh, you mean... Not the brother. That, so that, that, they, not that, they survived, that they didn't both die. I was expecting right, right. both Just, of them to go. Ch- Right, right. You was just assuming the father was going to make it. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, all right. So and, basically, and, Sarah dies, and then we do the yeah. cut. Twenty years, we jump. Yeah, and not and only do they they jump twenty years, <laughs> but they they're now on the other side of the country, which yeah. actually Boston. surprised my wife I, and me too. Actually, I was like, oh, I didn't know any of this took place in Boston at all. Um. So, and I like that. Not that I give a shit about Boston, but uh, usually it's like people wherever they are in the in the apocalypse, they stay there. Yeah, you know, maybe right, they right. would have gone from Austin to Dallas. Right. Well, they, um, or they they show the journey, right? Like like they like they do in Walking Dead, where they show the journey from Georgia to D.C. to Atlanta to wherever else they go. Right. But but here they just jump forward 20 years and they're already at that location and the location is far away it's not like you said just a uh, hundred miles away or something and then so we open up with the the, the kid the little uh, kid who's walking through the forest and then basically you know something's wrong and then walks up to the reveal of boston or what's yeah. left of boston yeah. and then the soldier like the kid walks up to the the gates and the soldiers get the kid and bring the kid in for it to be checked yep. if they, if the kid has is infected or not. And it was uh, interesting in how they played with the expectation because I, even what I wasn't expecting it where this situation where the, the one soldier's like talking very nicely and the other soldier does the check. And then you see in the meter it's red. So infected. And she's talking about all this, this you know, you're going to get the food and you can have all the toys you get to play with. And then they kill the kid. Yeah, then it, then they inject uh, the kid with with quote unquote medicine, which yeah. most likely was was uh, like 
the things they they give uh, dogs and cats that on on their passing. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you even though they don't say red means infected, yeah. we, red means dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I had to I had to explain it to my wife because you know she hasn't watched zombie films and shit like that as much as I have. So, but but for us who are veterans with horror films. It was obvious that, okay, red means, yeah, this kid is infected. And then you see the transition of Joel where we get to see him now in the future. And when we last saw him, he was carrying his daughter, trying to save her. And now he's at the point when they bring in the, the, the bodies to be burned. He's just takes the body just like his daughter, but like there's no empathy. There's nothing. It's just, you know, getting rid of it. Yeah. And so you see just how far he's gone from the person we saw 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, now he's, now he's, uh, selling, he's, he works on the black market. He's, he's doing things, he's doing things that he would never have done, uh, if there hadn't been a, a pandemic apocalypse. Well, and eventually, eventually him. Someone has to speak. Eventually. carrying the. All right, Mike, go first. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, you see him carrying the, the body of the girl, right? Which we lost yeah, the one carrying his daughter. Um, yeah, yeah. And just kind of disposing of her. And you, you recognize her, of course, by the red dress, which to me uh, kind of called back to Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah um, sure. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, and Mike, what were you going to say? I mean, uh, Barrett, what were you going to say? Eventually, you find out that he's his brother's still alive, but they're sep- they had some kind of argument, and now they're separated. Yeah. Yeah, the brother has left the quarantine area uh, before the flash forward, and he's been gone for three weeks, um, and hasn't hasn't returned any messages. And it's all, last, also a good time to mention that Anna Torv is in this part yes. of the the show. My God, I had no idea. She looks the way they they made her look in this. She didn't look anything like I know Anna Tor. I don't know if she's just age or they purposely made her look. Oh, well, they dumb, think they, the they, way. Yeah. they gave her some hard looking times. Yeah. 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 It looks like she gained some weight too. But, but again, that could have been just makeup to, to appear that way. Or just for the role, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I would have never guessed it was her. Uh, and I'm assuming, I don't know where they're filming this. Oh, actually, they film it in Australia. They're filming it up where you are. Uh, Manitoba, I think, is where they filmed it. But it's weird that they have all these actors that aren't Canadian or American in it because the, like, like, the girl that played Sarah is British, and she yeah. sure has a thick British accent. And then Torva, she's, she's I think, Australian. So um, I'm not sure how they did their casting um, because the only only American uh, – well, I don't know about Tom, Tom – Tony or Tommy, what his name is. I didn't look uh, him up. But, but, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's American, and so isn't um, uh, Pablo Pascal. Pascal. Yeah. So, but but yeah, it was just interesting to see two of the leads um, weren't Canadians or Americans. It's like, oh, that's weird. I don't know how they get the roles. But well, look, uh, oh, 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 and then of course, and of course, Ramsey, right? The 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 other lead, the actress. She's she's British. But anyway, you were going to say something. I think the one thing I, or the one cast member I knew, I figured was probably Canadian, was the guy who plays Robert, because I recall him seeing him in some a Canadian. Who's he? The black, the such. black market, black market yeah, guy. Yeah, he was the guy who betrays them. Yeah. 
And so yeah, was, wasn't he in uh, Violent Night? Wasn't he the one of the bad guys? No, no, like the, el- the elf or something. Oh yeah, it could be. That's what I was thinking when you said it. Yeah, that's what, kind of I like think that was him. him. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this is the one thing where they do change from the game because in the game Robert betrays them, but Anna or the yeah, uh, sorry. Therese, Tessa, uh, sorry, and Joel, in the game, they go and murder uh, Robert. Okay. Whereas in the show, they've changed it, because in the game, Joel's character is a lot harder, and he's, like, done a lot of terrible stuff that's hinted at. Okay. Whereas they're trying to, I think they're trying to make him a little bit more empathetic, at least, in what, where he is in this point. Yeah, that's so interesting. That was, a, that was a change that was. I don't. I don't think it, it doesn't. Right. Well, they were gonna go kill him. They were. They were gonna kill him. Yeah. Right. Because because well, they, Tessa says, "Let's go kill these bastards," and but for some reason they changed it where it was the rebels that kill Robert instead of yeah. them. And it's probably like you said, they just didn't want to make us feel he was hardened. Is that well, bad? Too dark. Where you're you're not yeah. gonna have any you know empathy like from, him, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the 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 normies who are watching the show may not like him while the the horror fans and the, the fans of the the game would would understand what was going on. But yeah. they wanna obviously they want to appeal to both. Um the showrunners here are, are being a little more, I guess, um inclusive without alienating trying to alienate yeah, without alienating the the actual main base. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. So, so that would be where the Halo showrunners, whoever's taking over for second season, may want to take notes. Take yes. a little bit of notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yep. Um. All right. So, uh, what what do we want to talk about now? So basically, we we find out that Boston is a military dictatorship, or I mean, again, we don't know the perspectives the true perspective of what's going on and what, why the people are acting what they are. But generally that is not the normal freedom that, uh, the prior country had, um, and rights aren't the same as they were prior to the pandemic. Um, There's there's ration cards, which is never any fun. Right. (laughs) No, yeah, that's true. And there is a, a rebel group, um, Fireflies. Uh, fireflies, and that's their, their motto is the name of this episode. And whether or not they're good people or not, based off of what I've read about the video game, they're not necessarily good people, but they're, they're not horrible people. But but they're definitely not good people um, yeah. at all. It's like um, all the shades of gray with the different groups, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, basically yeah. it's just one one scumbag group. Uh, trying to take over from another scumbag group. That's yeah. basically the, what the video game implies. Well, the people uh, suck aspect. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, but technically, they think they're doing right, which is we're all going to overthrow these dictatorship and put in a more fair government. You know, you know like Fidel Castro said. You know. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, well, there you go. Sometimes rebellions are needed. We are in a country that you know was made up from a rebellion. <laughs> that is true, but but if, but, if, but at, at least at least we didn't get the the wrong people to, to 
you know, take depends over. on which side you're on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that uh, the 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 side that that won our revolution was was the right side. Uh, they they did pretty good job. But let's be honest, this is my opinion. I'm, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm not saying they did a bad job. I'm just saying it all depends on your perspective. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's one man's hero is another man's terrorist, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, for sure, but but again, I don't want to talk about American politics or anything. But but no, I'm just just uh, like it doesn't that applies for any human. And, and I'm not talking about the American politics of today. I'm I'm talking about right. back then. You know, it was you know they they made an, even with their flaws, you know, slavery and whatever. They they made a government that generally uh, gave uh, indisputable rights that have slowly been unfortunately dwindled away. Um, and indisputable oh. rights for certain people. Uh, well, that's what which, which, which has technically grown over the years, but um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know, I, I mean, again, I, I did bring up the slavery thing, but my point was is that the um the the freedoms that were given were pretty awesome, and we did fight the bloodiest war in our country to make them even bigger, and then the more rights and more rights have come. As Barrett just mentioned, and then, th- and then it became a dictatorship. <laughs> well, not a dictatorship, but you know what I'm saying. Well, in this show, it has become a dictatorship, which yeah, is, yes, which is the, <laughs> the interesting dichotomy. So we're going to – I mean, right now, we haven't learned much about that dictatorship. And we could say that maybe it's not a dictatorship. It is to those people, but somebody has to run things, right? And people yeah. have to get food somehow. Well, and that's that's the reason why I said it's it's vague, and and we don't really know. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know one side. Yet. Yeah, just harsh yeah. circumstances is what we understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, so Bar- just, uh, you're you're fair. You're you're absolutely fair points. Everything you're saying. Um, was that Sean? No, I was just going to say. So, I mean, we can skip to the situation where basically they find Robert is dead, and then they basically make the deal with Marlene. And this is another cool thing from the game is that the actress who plays Marlene was the voice actress for her in the game. That's right. Oh, that's cool. And so basically you find out that Marlene is part of the Fireflies. And yeah. Isn't she the leader? Or one of yeah, them? The, the leader in that, group, in that place, in that right? Area. In that group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then basically she makes a deal with them because they're trying to get out of Boston right. is yep. that – they need to take cargo, which ends up being Ellie, the girl, Bella yeah. Ramsey, and in turn, then they'll get all the weapons and stuff that they had, and stuff that they had initially wanted, but got screwed over by. Yeah. Why that Robert guy? Well, and that's right. another question. So we don't know. So are there just city states now, or is there one big dictatorship? No, it's like government. Like, basically, it's like areas. Okay, so it is like city states at this point. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so yeah. So, so basically, um, one thing I didn't understand was why didn't she want her friend to transport the girl? She said something. She said she said you're an idiot or something. What the, I don't know what the hell she said. It was weird. You know what I'm talking about? I think well, she I think... trusted him to do it more because she yes. knew what he was capable of. Yeah, okay. like he's got a reputation, right? So, yeah, there's a reason to rely on him. Is that there's going to be much more chance for success, right? So, 
Now, um, so basically what we learn is that there's this girl that this firefight group is kidnapped. And they won't let her go, but and they're feeding her and whatever. And, and this girl is played by um, um, Bella Ramsey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who's from Game of Thrones fame? And um, I think now I hadn't played the game, and Mike hasn't played the game, and Barrett, you hadn't played the game. But I think we all knew exactly why she was special, right? Because we we've seen this in other. Movies too. I mean, we see it. Yeah, in this is the common. Twenty-eight, 28 common. weeks later, for crying out loud, right? Yeah, that, that yeah. Got it. Um, where there's a person that gets infected, but they are immune to the infection. Yeah. Yep. And so that makes them special because if they're immune to the infection, what is different about them that will allow them to survive the infection? So the idea is someone out there, who knows, scientists, medical people, I don't know, may be able to do something with the girl, whether it's, you know, take their blood, do x-rays or whatever, and try to figure out why she's immune. And if they can figure it out, then maybe they can cure everybody else of the infection or at least make everybody – or at least make everybody – else be immune to the infection as well the, yeah. the fungi right yeah yep. so yeah so that's what the fireflies are trying to do is try to get her transported to another group who will then take her to another place where they they have medical setup to try and do the testing and try and create the vaccine right yeah exactly exactly now again they're, the fireflies are the the, the terror. Not, well, let me rephrase the, the rebels. But if they had given the girl, if if the the Boston government military government had found the girl, would they have been smart enough also to know that she was special too? No, they would have just killed her. By the way, I think you can't call them terrorists. I mean, they are killing people just like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Doesn't mean they're necessarily bad, but they are acting as terrorists. Yeah, yeah. Some freedom fighters, quote unquote, freedom fighters uh, do horrible and murderous things. Yeah. So that's a fair point. Um, and, and technically, by doing so, they're as bad as the people that are doing that are in power. You could argue, too. So. These this group Firefly group, they understand she's special. But you're you, you're saying that the, the Boston government may not, and they may have. They wouldn't take the chance. They would just get rid of her. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, in you know what, I would agree more in the video game because in the video game, the spores that are in the air are dangerous. But in this world here that we see in the TV series, they could just you know throw her in her cell and watch her, similar to you know what they did in the stand, and see what happens. You know. But you're taking your your. There's an assumption that someone is going to believe that. Yeah. And that's and I mean we've seen that they're pretty harsh. Like they you see them executing people. 
Oh, speaking speaking of of the stand, there's another example of someone that's infected that's not that's completely immune to the yeah. disease. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah. So, uh-huh. but you, so, so this ain't an original idea by any means. Anyway, continue. No. But no, it's just you could see that the regime, whether they're doing it for the right reasons or not, they're a harsh regime. Regime because they're executing people, right? And mm-hmm. you've seen that. But they're not really <laughs> executing people, right? If you have no cure and the people become basically rabies. But they're also rabies. executing the Firefly people, too. But they were executing criminals. I mean, those people were found guilty, oh, it sounds like. That is true. You're right. You're, yeah, they're, they're ju- yeah, to have public executions, that's pretty pathetic. I wonder, Is that so, in the video game? Public execution? Uh, yes, it's it's harsh. Like this is like okay. they're going right. along the same line. It's like these you're not dealing with nice people. Yeah, like right, they maybe right. have reasons, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not you're not dealing with a bunch of nice people. Right, right. Yeah. So you're not going to negotiate with I, them. I could understand them killing the fireflies because you know when you're in battle you just shoot them down because they're shooting you, and I can understand them killing the infected because the moment you're infected. There's no cure, and you become a zombie within five to minutes to fifteen hours, depending on where you're bit. So you just got to get rid of them. But yeah, the, uh, people that do illegal things and and then doing public executions—that's that's that's pretty gross. Yeah, so so they're bad people, most certainly. And then you're like the, you have the interaction too, where Joel is dealing with the one soldier who's trying to get oxycotton or whatever, right? Yeah, because they're be- he they're. Ble- it's not a good situation being a soldier, right? With the stuff right. that they're dealing with. And so you have people who are like, literally the people who are supposed to be doing the protection are high <laughs> to trying to, to keep going. Right. Well, and, well it and, shows you the corruption too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. It's, it reminded me of like some, you know, uh banana Republic where, you know, a cop pulls you over and, you you know you give them twenty dollars and 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 they won't give you a ticket but they're happy because they got twenty dollars from you. But we got to yeah. admit that the main guy who is our our main character is part of the system. I yes. mean he's he's supplying yeah. the guys so it's like he's he's no better than those soldiers either. So so this is just like how far he's fallen, right? Right. Well, and we don't. Is, I, mean, yeah. I mean, is it fallen? I mean, we don't know enough about his backstory either. I mean, we right. know he was a fairly nice guy, but. Or, or is this just the, the the way to survive in in twenty twenty three? Right, exactly, because of the zombies. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, technically he has fallen though. But he everybody's fallen. The whole world's fallen. Right. 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 Yeah. So he's he's guilty because the world is guilty more than by choice. I mean, I mean, it is by choice, but it's not really because if the world wasn't chaotic, he wouldn't be doing this. At least that, that's that's how I feel anyway. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. What else do we want to talk about? Is there anything else that that was on anybody's list that we wanted to bring up? Well, they're just basically when they do the actual escape with yep. Ellie, yep. and then they basically uh, they run into the soldier. Yep. And then he does the check, and he finds out that Ellie is infected. And then he goes to kill her, and then you basically have Joel go with his PTSD stuff. Yeah, about his daughter and, and his daughter being shot by a soldier. And then, and basically he kills the soldier. In the game, it's actually two soldiers that are there, so it's yeah. just like little changes. 
but it's the same situation where Ellie tries to stab the one soldier and bad stuff happens. So, and does he cool know the soldier in the video game, or was that just added? It was just they were just like it doesn't go into that. So this okay. was just like another uh, you know diversion deviation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but the thing that uh, we they deal with is there's a code that the the group has the fireflies have which is different decades of music reflect different things that are happening yep. and so what happens is when they, at the end they escape from boston and they go out into the the non-quarantine zone and you basically have like the shot of the two skyscrapers or buildings that are like the one building has fallen into the other one yep. and you just basically then it starts playing the Depeche Mode song yep. which is supposed to war- be the warning because 80s music is bad like it's a it's danger yep. and then just basically trails off yeah and the video game does they have the buildings f- falling yes. apart like that like yeah like the the, the sequence like it was ch- like it, I, they do such a great job because in the game it's it's chilling but watching it on the show, like it was even more chilling. Well, let me ask you this: I didn't understand that because, again, this wasn't a nuclear apocalypse or an earthquake or anything like that. This was uh, just people get being infected. So yeah, why they, would buildings? They, they tried to bomb stuff, though. Like the the military, the army, and stuff tried to actually bomb stuff. Okay, so so that, 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 is, ex- yeah. that is explained in the video game later. Yeah, it's just basically. Well, and we just haven't seen it because we've only seen what he's seen, and then we jumped so far forward. Right, yeah. and and if I'm not mistaken, uh, which they say episode three, the critics have said is the, is the best episode. Um, some of these episodes will be flashbacks, and so maybe they're going to show more. Of the oh, that'd be, that would be collapse. cool. Yeah, part of the collapse of the apocalypse. Is my well, and the city looked much more destroyed than I would have expected for, you know. 20 years there's still people living there maybe not as many as would fill it but i don't right. know well also also boston is a even though i said it's a very compressed city it's still uh sprawling in the sense that you have the downtown mm-hmm. and financial districts that are where the skyscrapers are yep. and then as you pull away from there and you go to the the other boroughs of the of the city um they are more, um, you know, two to three story building rather than skyscrapers. So I think we're living in like, like, or let me rephrase, not we, but but the show characters are living in the areas just outside of um, the downtown area. So 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 like the Fenway area where it's it's not many skyscrapers at all. Is it? But it's literally very close to the downtown still. So you can see those buildings. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I've been through that both parts of Boston, and I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because um, the point is they're trying to get to the Capitol building to meet the other group, which is what you thought, like, which is what their that's what their mission is. Yeah, is to drop yeah. Ellie off at the Capitol building with the other group, who will then take her take her off. Right, right, and the, and the Capitol building is an interesting area because there's at least in Boston, you know, the Massachusetts State House is a um, at the top of the the um, Boston. Uh, basically, there's it, Boston is strange. It has these two parks in the center of the of the major 
touristy area. There's the uh, Boston Garden, and then right next to it is the Boston Commons. And they're only separated by this one little street. And the Boston State House is at the top, the northern, let me think, actually the western part of the Boston Common. And if you go, like it's a square, so it's a rectangle. So if you have you have the the west rectangle and the north rectangle that are like normal three-story buildings, and then you have the other two um, sides are where the skyscrapers are. So they're if they're in like the Fenway area or or um, Roxbury area of Boston, they have to cut through the skyscraper area, which is what we're seeing. What they're doing, yeah. Yeah, and then they'll get to the Commons area, and then in the Boston Garden area, and then they'll be at the State House. So, so it makes sense. It does make sense, even though those buildings were unrecognizable to me. Yeah, uh, from Boston. But I just like the setting. It's like again, it does a it does a really good creation of that horror and that tension as you're looking at the buildings that are falling apart and then you just hear the creatures screaming from that building or those buildings. Right. It, so, so they're trying to say that the infected, the, the infected are, are there are mostly okay. Okay. And then that's out of the quarantine zone. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So even though this is quote unquote, Boston is a quarantine zone. It, it's not Boston. It's parts it's only of Boston. A port. Yeah, it's only a portion or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. And, and that's I think that's what they intimate is what for most of the cities, if there's city like whatever's remaining, whatever human population's remaining, they yeah. only have small parts because right. the infected had, like took over everything or almost everything. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. See, that's where I was confused is because we saw so little zombies in the 2023 area that it, it I completely forgot that the zombies would possibly be widespread elsewhere. And so, yeah, outside of the quarantine zone, that makes sense. Right. Um, so also, the other oh, thing I was going to say, too, this doesn't – it's not really spoiler, but what happens is – when we think about zombies, most of the time we think that after a period of time, they'll just die. But what's, what happens with the infection is like the longer the person's infected, they keep evolving. Yeah. That, that was explained in the 1968 scene where they said that, see, and, and the thing that was interesting about 28 days later, those people weren't dead. They were actually humans that were infected with a virus. And so, They would die because they starve, and so after like 30 or 40 or 50 days, they just die. In World War Z, the zombies, or or Dawn of the Dead, the remake, the zombies are actually dead people that have become reanimated as the undead. And then in this show here, based off of the 1968 scene, they are talking that what happens is, is that the, the cordyceps takes over the brain and now controls you, but you begin to die off 
And so it replaces your pieces that are dying off with its own body. So yeah. fungi would replace part of the ant, for example, or the caterpillar. So what I'm guessing here, especially based off of the trailers and the flat, you know, the scenes for next week on, you know, the, the show, uh, we see these zombies that don't even look human. They look like giant mushroom people. Or, yeah. Or something. And so there's like four stages of the, the infection. Right. So what gotcha. happens is the, the first, the 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 first group is the runners, and so they're the the, the ones who are just infected. Right, that was and like then, the handlers. Yes, and then the second stage is the clickers, and then I think what is it? The I think the final stage is the bloaters, which are like very very dangerous. Okay, but it's just it's, it's like, yeah, it's the further that they get away from being human, like or that's what basically what happens. Right. So, right. Interesting. But in, they talk about this is and this is the thing I thought about was w- with the game and with the the actual show is would this affect is this just affecting the humans because I was concerned about the animals and they talked that it's just no it just affects the humans so basically the the humans are all wiped out and nature reclaims itself. Right. Right. Right, but but the nature is this new type of creature, right? It's but not it's, like they. But it leaves like in the the, the story is though is that it leaves the animals alone, yeah. so the animals all come back and like, in that that aspect of nature returns. Yeah. It's okay. just the humans are the ones that are the that are messed up. So so what 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 happens with like the dogs? Because as we saw at the beginning of this episode here, the dogs like freaked out. Do, are they left alone? So the dogs are used to detect. Kind of like okay. Terminator. Right? Exactly right. like Terminator, where they, <laughs> they can sense the infected and the different levels of inf- infected or whatever. So you'll see, th- like in the game, that's how they use the, they use the dogs to uh, sniff them out yeah, yeah. or like or patrol and stuff. Okay, interesting. Okay, but but the dogs won't be attacked by the zombies, or they would. Yeah, no, the they zombies... like they may they may they yeah, would attack the... as as an enemy. They may fight each other, but they're not actually trying yeah, to infect dogs. They're not targeting them to spread the virus or spread gotcha. the infection. Gotcha. They just target it for humans. Excellent. Oh, well, not excellent, but I meant excellent as in I understand. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. I have no idea why I said excellent. Uh, I said it, but it's okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so anything else that we wanted to bring up for this episode? Anybody have anything else on – Mike, is there anything else that you had to – that you wanted to bring up or, or, or did we wrap up? Pretty much? I, I lost a little bit because my, my internet was going in and out. Um, no, like I said, I think really what we're seeing um, is necessary setup. Sure. Right. And, and uh, they've done that. They gave us the, the fun and games at the beginning, right? right with the right. apocalypse uh, yeah. as it onsets. And now we've we've ended at a dramatically appropriate place as they open the door and prepare to walk out into a larger world filled with mushroom zombies. Right. And they just think that's a that's a perfectly fine place to end. And so the question is, they have to go from from Boston to Wyoming 
right? Which is where they're headed. Yep. And where is the place in the middle? Well, they, 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 there's different Wyoming, cities right? they go through. They go through, uh, look, one of the cities they go through is like, uh, was it St. Louis is one of them, I think. Uh, Pittsburgh. They basically, they end up having to get to Salt Lake City. Okay. To get to the where the medical facility is. Right. But, but is any of this explained in, none of this is yeah, yeah. explained in this episode though, right? No, that's it's just whatever little stuff they mentioned, but that's just so that's for right, spoiler right. stuff. For and how how do we know the brother land up in Wyoming? Where did we hear this? Because that in the game, that's where they end up when they on their trip, their travels, they end okay. up meeting up with them. Again. So Wyoming is mentioned in the show. Yeah. Okay, but and but so but did, did it say that the brother in the show, this episode, that the brother wasn't just like. Ten miles outside Boston, or, or in you know, like Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes, they said he no. was in Wyoming. Okay, so yeah. I missed that. Gotcha. They yeah. gave him the him approximate coordinates, but not exact as gotcha. to wherever yeah. it was he was going. Um, so that means that they will the the game will take you there, but you're still going to have to explore the map to find your brother. Yes. Right. <laughs> and there's right, lots right. to go through. <laughs> right. And it seems like they're gonna be going through cities, which is kinda of weird yeah. when when you don't you could avoid cities pretty easily in the United States because most of the United States is very rural. Um but if they're gonna go why would they want to go to Pittsburgh when they can completely, you know, go around Pittsburgh or or or, or St. Louis, you know, I mean, it, it, you just head through the farmlands. But for some reason they I guess it's more well, because Pittsburgh has House of the Dead, which is the zombie store. That's that's what I'm thinking. It's more exciting that you have all these infected versus some rural areas. So show the video game, the show wouldn't be as exciting, probably. Well, I would did. be curious, and it's hard because of the game um, is different than the the show. Um, so the one thing I like about the concept of the spores is that explains how it could spread so fast. Um, yes, right, right, right. It's not easy to bite somebody. I mean, go try it. It's, right. it's 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 tough. It's tough. Uh, I won't debate large numbers of people. So I would imagine a lot of the cities. Well, yeah, they have a high population density. Um, most people I would have imagined would flee the cities once things started to hit the fan, and and they knew shit was up. And their neighbors, they're in an apartment building with four hundred other families, uh, and half of them are turning into zombies. I think you would get your your shit out of there, right? Um. Yes. <laughs> I would concur with that statement. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I really don't know. And how, you know, what the life cycle is, there's all sorts of weird questions I'd have. Uh, so I don't know where it would be safer. Uh, I mean, yeah, you certainly get better shelter in a lot of the, the settled areas. It doesn't have to necessarily be in a city. But uh, easier to find homes in suburbs and so forth. True, true. But true. the problem is that it's, it's places for you to hide, but it's also a place for something to be lurking in the in the shadows. Yes. And then when you're thinking about the cities, too, they're going to run out of supplies sooner or later. You're going to have to start foraging outside of that area, right? Well, I know where they can get some fungi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not sure they want to have that, though. All right. Well, and, 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 you know, if you are in a rural area, you could argue that there'd be more canned goods or something like that in a city versus having to grow your own shit out in the middle of nowhere. So yep. they have to do the forages to the city because the you know the small town grocery store is probably going to be already 
wiped out by all the locals versus the city where you would hope there's you know hundreds of stores and you can you know you can find But will something. that food last for 20 years? Canned goods at this point you, you can ignore the expiration dates and you just you know it'll it'll be fine. I would think you know I mean hmm. they they technically say that you know after you know 2005 throw out the can and, and get the new stuff but they, there's been studies yeah. that that the stuff pretty much lasts forever and a lot of times that I want to know who volunteers to do that. Here yeah, we have well, a can well, that says well, "Do not eat after 2003 well, July." Here, well, try it. Tell us what happens. Not well, my well, wife, I can tell you that much. Well, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> they, they they found out specifically with like beer companies. And again, we understand there's discunct beer, but the the point was is that beer never had an expiration date until like ten years ago. They beer adding beer. I can't. I have a Boston accent. I can, all right, no, I'll man, say no. I just, Bear. I just. I'll say ale. I'll say ale. All right, I'm saying ale. <laughs> so ale um, has uh, never had an expiration date until about ten years ago when the, the beer company started putting it on, and it was leaked that it was by at least somebody, whether it's 100 percent true or not, I don't know, but that they added it. Because they were hoping people would either would either drink the beer quicker or throw it out, and then but just buy more beer, because beer technically wasn't. Uh, an I'll issue. tell you, you, tested it though, Mike. Soldiers. <laughs> mm. yeah. So so technically, expiration dates are valid in some cases, but a lot of times it's also just a marketing scam too to have people throw stuff out and buy new stuff because oh it's expired. So. You know, I mean, I mean, it's probably better to have a fresh can, but you know, if it's a few years older, it's still probably okay. And it's the well, apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's apocalypse. So, does it really matter at this point? You just need food. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I was going to say better than eating bugs. Had, yeah, if you've had twenty years, though, the cities are going to be somewhat picked clean by whoever survived, right? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Depends on how many people survived. Yeah, it's not going to be like Fallout. Where, where you know the video game where you can still find food you know t- twenty years later that's true yeah but you're right it's also what Barrett said too yeah. yeah it's all kinds of fun yeah so next week's episode is actually called infected so I originally thought that was going to mean that someone would be infected that they would meet that or one of them would become infected like 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 um, Anna Torva's character but now I'm beginning to think. Infected. The title means what we the screams we heard. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. get to meet them. Yeah. Yes. So. So yeah. Um. And the, oddly. Um. Well, not necessarily oddly, but uh, critic-wise, uh, they most of the critics that I read that got to rate the show, they all said that episode one was the weakest. Oh wow! That's, then that's, wow. that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that's well, a good but, sign. but. But honestly, it makes sense because if you take away that first thirty minutes, it it kind of was. It's a setup episode, yeah. yeah exactly. It really was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was no zombies or anything like that, you know. And you know, this is um, some pilot traditionally the old the old days, a pilot had to grab the audience right away. Yeah, and it does was the no first guarantee- thirty minutes, right? Right. There's no guarantee that you were going to be on the next week. You know, there were shows 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that there was a Vegas show that came out about 10 years ago. It was like canceled after the first episode. Sure. Um, and even if they got like an order, but you had to, you had to really grab the audience's attention now, because I think of the way we do shows, right. With, um, screening, you know, it's like, you know, you just know you're going to get the whole thing on HBO. And even if it's terrible ratings, they will film the entire thing. It's all going to drop. You're going to be able to, to maybe hook the audience in and tell your story at a more deliberate pace. Right. Um, and if it's a lemon, they just won't make a, and they just season won't make season two. two, but season one will make it. Yeah. Um, and this is unfortunately why you hear often, no, 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 you just have to stick with it. It gets better. Right. 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 right we right, hear right. that about a lot of shows and that can be a pitfall because some shows just take forever to get to the point. And that's not necessarily a great thing either for that medium. Um, but you can have a, an episode that is literally just set up the world, set up the scenario, and everything can follow suit. Because especially if it's something that's pre-sold, you know the horror fans are going to tune into episode two, and you know the game fans are going to tune into episode two. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And And even if me and Mike weren't big fans of the episode... I think both me and Mike would concur. The first thirty minutes was pretty awesome. No, it, no, I, I thought the the show uh, was was well done. I just I don't think it was terrible. You know, I've seen terrible pilots. Oh, oh before. I, no, no, I didn't say that either. I, 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 but we just, when I say it wasn't, it didn't overwhelm us. Is what I'm saying. Right. I just thought it was all stuff that I that I've seen before. Yeah. Um, and it's just a remix, which is what it is with this genre, right? We all know the tropes. Um, it's a question of what are going to be the unique twists of the of the particular zombie. We know at some point someone's going to get bit, and then they're going to turn. You know, it's all that stuff. Um, so we've seen it, and there's only so much you can do with it, but that's fine. Right, right. Um, and, and the source material is from the the time frame where that stuff was newer, and now it's, we've seen it, like you said, all the time now, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how new it was back in 2013. Yeah, that's a fair um, point too. Yeah, but that's a really good point. The the advantage to a game is that, and that makes it different than watching it on TV, or is that it places you in the shoes of the character, right? right it's right, not. Right. It's exactly. not. Yeah, it's it's not Andrew Lincoln sneaking through a house full of zombies. It's you sneaking through the yeah. house. Zombies. It's not watching somebody else get attacked. It's you getting attacked. So it gives you that immediate. It's a lot like reading a book, where the book can put you in the uh, the head of a of a character, right? Right, and you can see and understand that character better than you can do with a, a TV show or a movie. Well, here you're in the head of the character because you are that character. Yep. Yep. Sure. Sure. You know, I've always um, one of my favorite games was the first Half-Life. I don't yep, know if anyone ever one. played it. Yeah, yep. So there's uh, just, there's a, I've always thought it would make a great movie, but there's a scene in it where, uh, like not a scene, it's a level where you're stuck in a missile silo and there's tentacles reaching out and you have to like make your way through the silo with, if you make any noise or tremor like the tentacles attack you. And I think that can make a really interesting scene and a tense scene, just like you know they've made a tense scene in, in something like Tremors. But it won't be the same watching 
if it, you know would be the same watching an actor try to make right. his way through so the actor's not attacked as opposed to especially if it was a first person you, you trying not to be attacked um so yeah so it's just a, it's just a matter of it, that's one of the difficulties but um of of any kind of game translation is that you go from an active experience to a passive experience yep um true. so so I think that certainly those those events would have been a whole lot more, uh, I think, gripping, living through them. was That would have been the new thing. I'm, I'm in it, as opposed to watching other people go through it. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that second hour, or, or the two-thirds of the episode... I would concur with that. It would be more exciting if, if we were controlling Joel, for example, and that would have been a pretty cool scene. But but for me, just watching it as it's being set up, it it was uh, it was just okay. Uh, but the first twenty to thirty minutes, you know, that hooked me enough that I was going to stick with that next hour. And then what we get to see in the trailer, where we're going to see these mutated like bloaters or whatever you call them, Sean, it's looking like they're going to be pretty cool monsters. So I'm, I'm looking forward to continue with the series for sure. And, and, and it is good enough, even if it's something that um, we've seen before, as, as Mike has mentioned. All right. So uh, we've been recording for about two hours and 12 minutes. Uh, and with uh, the opener and closing of uh, the episode, um, we should probably start wrapping it up. Um, we will uh, be back, obviously, next week. Uh, again, we're probably going to release that episode on the Wednesday because uh, we're going to be recording it on the 24th, which is a Tuesday. So that will be released on the 25th. Um, so just heads up. And then uh, sporadically, we are going to uh, most likely release on Tuesdays going forward after that, with the, starting with the 31st, with maybe one episode being pushed back. Uh, depending on um, uh, people's schedules, specifically, uh, we do have a, a pot- uh, well, not a potential, but definite interview with a, someone of note for one of our other podcasts, and that may occur on a Monday, so we, uh, we would probably push this podcast back a day, depending on, on the schedule of that person that we're going to interview. Uh, but all in all, uh, expect uh, next week to be the 25th Wednesday's release, and then uh, the, the third episode of this podcast will be on the 31st, which will be the Tuesday, uh, last month of January. And uh, we'll, we'll, going forward, we'll, we'll try to give you the, the update of, of the release schedule. Um, all right, so uh, let's give our final thoughts on, on this episode here. So uh, I'll start. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the, the first half hour, including the, the pre seek pre-credit sequence from 1968 even though uh, Mike did make an excellent point with um uh the 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 temperature thing um and I'll just go vague with that because again it, climate change was not said even though Mike's point of it being um implied was is there uh and it was unnecessary um but uh it was pretty cool sequence all the same and as Sean said it wasn't part of the the video game and then um the first 30 minutes was really awesome, and then the last hour was good enough as a setup for the main event, which is 
the journey across the country, and we're going to be seeing that. And uh, I'm also looking forward to some of these side stories and flashback episodes that are coming up. Uh, episode three and seven, I think, are, are, are two of them. And uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the season, and uh, um, it was a good start. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Like I said, I liked it fine. I am very much interested in seeing what comes, uh, and uh, I like I like the zombie part of it. So, uh, which we really didn't get a lot of it yet this week. So, because I like my zombies and my zombies films. Uh, so, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I know that the game is highly regarded, so um, I'm kind of uh, anticipating it. I'm glad to see all the early reviews too. So, yeah, and hopefully uh, you'll watch it with us. All right, uh, Barrett. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was a good opening episode. I look forward to seeing what else is going to come. All right, and uh, Sean. I really, really liked it, and I'm really uh, looking forward to see what they're going to do. All right, and uh, next week's episode, once again, is called Infected, and that one's actually going to be uh, directed by Neil Druckmann. Uh, it comes out January 22, 2023. Oddly, uh, uh, the screenwriter is to be announced for some reason they they did not release the the screenwriter's name which is kind of curious um we're, we're going to record the episode uh two days later on the 24th of january and have that episode out on the 25th wednesday um so uh that's our journey for next week uh and i guess that's pretty much it so uh mike with all that stated why don't you lead us out all right, well, thank you for listening to the Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, I believe was the name of the, the, the podcast. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, where we discuss HBO Max's The Last of Us video game uh, adaptation, or TV adaptation of the classic PlayStation video game. Uh, again, I want to remind everybody, if you are interested in playing the game, it is available on PlayStation and will be coming out on PC within, I think it's in March or May. Uh, so that will be an opportunity to play it then. Um, so yeah, I hope to tune in next week and we'll talk about episode two.